We hope that you enjoyed this podcast and that it blessed you in some way. Don't forget to visit our website at cctri.org. And make sure that you send us your prayer requests at office at cctri.org. We pray that the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him. Good morning. So thankful to be here with you and to bring this message that I truly believe God um, has spoken. And something I think I need to hear, we all need to hear. This is a pivotal point in our, our generation. And of all the things that we can focus on, of all the things that we can move our attention to, this morning I want to bring our attention to the simplicity of Christ. The simplicity of his love, of his message, of his kingdom. Children, come to him. Heaven is full of children. And it's because the gospel, the good news, is simple. It's simple. And it's wonderful. I love children. I love my children. I got to tell you a story to start off. So we have this faucet that drips continually. I haven't gotten around to fix it. (laughs) Anybody who's been to my house and has washed their hands has sat there for about five minutes trying to turn the faucet off. It just keeps dripping. And I'm sorry, I haven't gotten it fixed. And my water bill is like, whatever. So... Uh, at one, one day, the uh, drain stopper stopped working, but it stopped in the closed position. So, you know, my boys are flipping out. They're coming out. Dad, the water's rising. The water's rising in the, in the sink. And I said, okay, I'm coming. So I come in there, and, you know, I'm playing around with the thing. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I can do a lot of things. I can't do plumbing. I don't know anything about plumbing. So... I'm sitting there trying to fiddle with the thing. I Finally, I'm just like, I'll just go get a knife. So I go get a knife. I'm not cut up, so we're good, okay? No trips to the emergency room. Thank you, Jesus. So I get this knife. I get underneath the little stopper. I pull the stopper out. The water goes down. All is well. Everybody's happy. The stopper doesn't work anymore, so I took the stopper and threw it away. A couple days later. Dad, Bowden put the toothbrush in the, <laughs> the drain. So, and this toothbrush is no ordinary toothbrush, okay? It's got a little suction cup top that literally spans the diameter of the... So, here we go, filling up again. Won't drain. And uh, so I come in there, and I'm like, I can't get this thing out. So I come with the knife again. I don't know what it is. I just, apparently, just, I'm like, let's just get a knife. A knife will fix everything. So I go in there, and I start, like, sort of, sawing away and trying to trying to get it because I was trying to get get into it to get it out so I get the blade down in there trying to cut it and at least I get it cut enough to where the water will slowly very very slowly drain down the thing so I think a week has gone by two weeks maybe and we've been operating like this (laughs) just you know we got a a lot of other things we're thinking about we're not thinking about apparently we're not thinking about fixing the plumbing in our in our bathroom so we just deal with it, you know. You know what I'm talking about. There's things in, in your life that you just kind of deal with. You just let, it just happens. It just, you just let it go. Well, 
I tried for a really long time to get that toothbrush out. I mean, and I tried a lot of different things. I just couldn't pry it out. Finally, I was just like, you know what, whatever. It's, it's over. So these two weeks have passed by. And I haven't even thought two cents about the toothbrush in the drain. I wasn't even thinking about it. I was doing something else. And I think I was actually out in my shed working. And Taylor calls me and she says, your son has something he needs to share with you. He's really excited about it. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll come in. So I come inside. Dad, I got the toothbrush out. <laughs> what? How did you? You better not have used any knives. <laughs> I got the toothbrush out. I was like, how on earth did you get the toothbrush out? I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't think of it. He had to, okay, remember the suction cup? He took another toothbrush his brother's toothbrush that had a suction cup on, uh, on the top and he stuck it down in there. My, my son is like, what, seven? He's seven years old. He sticks it down in there and he said, I got it to where it would stick and then I pulled it out and I was like, you are a genius. <laughs> and I praised him up and down. I was like, that is the most creative solution to this problem that I could, I could, I could never have thought. Well, how, would you, how did you do that? That's amazing. And you know, I... I have a, I've, I've got a master's degree, you know. But apparently my seven-year-old son knows how to get a toothbrush out of a drain better than I do. And that's just to show us this morning that Jesus Christ and the simplicity that comes with him is understandable for these little minds. The simplicity of, Dad, you just got to take the toothbrush, stick it in there and pull it out. That's a piece of cake. I could have done that in my sleep. Isn't that amazing? So props to you, Jaden. I know you're, you're probably, you may, maybe you're watching, maybe you're not watching this morning, but mommy's probably going to put it on now. And uh, you're awesome. You're amazing. You're, a, you're an amazing man of God. And that's a cool solution. You know, we have to remember that the gospel is simple. And this is what it means. The gospel is what? Good news. Good. It's Good news. The gospel of Jesus Christ is good news. But you know what we sometimes do? We complicate things, don't we? We want to take some good news and we want to mix it in with some bad news. Like the good news is God is love, but the bad news is God is holy. The good news is God is merciful, but the bad news is God is our judge. The good news is God's our father, but the bad news is if we don't obey, he will discipline us. And so we have this wrong mentality of mixing in bad news with good news and labeling the things that ought to be. It's all good news. Let me tell you something. It's good news that God is holy. It is good news that God is our judge. Amen. He sits on the throne. He does everything right. Amen. All your ways are just. A God who does no wrong, upright and just is he, right? It's good news that if we don't obey, he will discipline us because he loves us and he's gonna bring us back in. The gospel is this. Listen, Jesus Christ came to save sinners. That's good news. God so loved, he so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace 
and goodwill toward men on whom his favor rests. I bring you good news of great joy that shall be for all people. Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. Listen, that is good news. That is good news. Oh man, I'm so thankful that we have a Savior, that God so loved the world. That God who was rich in mercy stepped into history and he made a way for unworthy, foolish, disobedient and arrogant children to become the sons and daughters of heaven by dying our death on the cross. And through the blood of his atonement, which we sang about this morning, he took our eternal judgment on himself. Listen to this. He gives fools wisdom. He makes weak people strong. He takes the fearful and makes them faithful. He takes the dead and makes them alive. So I want you to think along with me. (laughs) We're going to do a little bit of judging and then we're going to stop judging, okay? Who is the most foolish person you could possibly think of in this world? Who's the most foolish person? Who is that fool? Jesus came to give them wisdom. We would label them and put them off to the side. You're you're a fool. Jesus came to give them wisdom. Think of the weakest person you can think of. Jesus came to make them strong. Think of the most fearful, most afraid, anxiety-ridden person. Jesus came to make them faithful, to give them faith, to give them hope in a future. Think of the deadest person. See, we don't do this. What we do is we like to put those people off to the side and say, no, no, no. Jesus only likes people like me. No, listen, Jesus takes dead people. Dead. They're gone. They're wasted. There's there's no hope for them. And Jesus steps in and gives them hope. That's the kind of God he is. That's the good news that we proclaim this morning. Because guess what? I was dead. I was a fool. I was weak. I was fearful. And Jesus came and he comes and he changes everything in my life. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. He leaves the herd to go after one lost lamb. Who leaves heaven to come and rescue people out of hell? Who does that? Who who leaves everything wonderful that they have in life, leaves it all and goes and serves people who have nothing? Jesus Christ is the paragon of heroes. He's the paragon of righteousness. Everything good and wonderful that we ever could draw upon comes from him. And he calls us to this. To pronounce blessing upon one another. The blessing of the good news of the gospel. Jesus says, bless and do not curse. Bless and do not curse. What are our mouths be, are being used for? What are our hands being used for? To bless and not curse. Listen to me carefully. Grace, mercy, and peace be on you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is an important thing. Paul opens his letters with this phrase. Grace, mercy, and peace. Not judgment. Not hell. Not death. Grace. Mercy and peace. Now, 
There's good news in that. And there's a recognition of the truth that we need him. Grace is this. I get what I don't deserve. God's unmerited favor upon me. That is good news. That I am not able to receive blessings from God except that Jesus Christ's righteousness has been imputed to me. And I receive based on his merit, not mine. God's grace is I get what I don't deserve. His mercy, grace, mercy. His mercy is I don't get what I do deserve, which is death and judgment. I don't get that. God has mercy and shows mercy to his children. And peace, this harmony, tranquility, rest, the assurance and confidence in who I am and where I'm going, that I'm loved, that I am blessed, and that I belong. There's peace that comes with Jesus. And this is what we're proclaiming. That people are loved, that they're blessed, and that they belong in God. Jesus says, peace be still. He gives calm and perfect clarity. These are what I call the big three. Love, joy, peace. The fruit of the Spirit, the big three. Love, joy, and peace. Which we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit in just a minute. James 4, verse 11 through 12 says this. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and one judge. He who is able to save and destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? 2020 has produced many judges. Amen? But how many people have heaven's wisdom today? Jesus says, blessed are the merciful, not blessed are the judges. Now he does call us to judge, to make a judgment. But that must be from the heart. God judges not based on appearance. But based on the heart, how can we know the heart of a person except that we know the spirit that is within them? Mercy triumphs over judgment. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Listen, the good news is Jesus has overcome the world. The good news is that Jesus leaves us with his peace. He says, Blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. And with the measure you use, it will be used against you. And we have a generation of people who are feeling the weight of what it means. Because see, you, you can be hypocritical in this world. Absolutely. We see a lot of hypocrisy, don't we? But every person who practices hypocrisy will always feel the weight of that hypocrisy. You don't need somebody to call you out on your hypocrisy. You'll feel the weight of it because when you're hypocritical, you are bearing the weight of what it means to use a measure and have it be used against you. That is a principle like gravity. It affects every person, regardless of what you believe or not. So Jesus is calling us, listen, blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. In other words, if the measure you use is mercy then mercy will be measured to you. So we must be careful with our words. 
careful with how we come across to other people. Because this morning there is a spirit that is trying to cut in on you. And it's not the Holy Spirit. There is a spirit in this world that is trying to cut in on the church. And it's not the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit bears this kind of fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. And if your life is not displaying that fruit, then you are not living in obedience to the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and as stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. But with me is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or any human court. In fact, I don't even judge myself, for I am not aware of anything against myself, but I'm not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things that are now hidden. There's a lot of things that we don't know. There's a lot of things that are hidden. Jesus Christ, when he comes, will bring to light everything from every generation in every place that has been hidden. He will bring it to light. And he will make it right. And he will disclose the purposes of the heart. See, people act like God doesn't see them. People act like they're invisible, that they can do things without anyone else knowing. But listen, you have not only God, you have the host of heaven. You have saints that have passed. You have throngs of, of people that are literally watching every single thing we do. You can't escape the eyes of, of heaven. And one day, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Every person will bring an account of their life before God. And the good news here. This morning is that if you know Jesus Christ, you will be saved from judgment along with the world. That's the beauty of the gospel that God has made a way. See, listen, this morning we know in part and we prophesy in part. We know in part, but we make judgments a lot of the times as if we know everything, as if we know the whole story. We don't know the whole story. And we don't know each individual person's life. We make judgments based on appearance, but God judges by the heart. Sometimes we judge large groups of people. That's not the gospel. Large groups of people that we lump in. Listen, I say this. Kids are, if I say kids are annoying. Man, as a kid that like freed up my sink. Now I could say this blanket statement, kids are annoying. But I don't know every kid, and you certainly don't know my kid, because he's awesome. Okay, maybe he's, no, you're not annoying at all, ever. Not like me, I was, I was super annoying, and my brother can tell you that. <laughs> if we make generalized statements, maybe northerners are rude. I'm a northerner. Northerners are rude. Pickleball players have a poor sense of what constitutes Christmas ornaments. It's only a few people who are going to understand that, but you know who you are. <clears throat> Robert Russell, <clears throat> I love you. <laughs> Do all pickleball players have a poor sense of ornament taste? No. But I could make that generalized statement based on my one experience with a pickleball player. 
Listen, we make sweeping, gross generalizations about large groups of people whom we have not met individually. You hearing me? And then we pride ourselves in our own moral superiority as we judge all of them, feeling in our heart that we have done so justly. And we do this so that the world may see our great wisdom and meet it with praise. Just keep, keep hitting that like button. Just bring in the likes, because I know what I just said is amazing. You just made statements about large groups of people you have no idea about. Listen, Jesus left the whole herd to go after one person. And the word of the Lord came to me and he said, this is what he said. You need to, you need to expand your view. You need to expand it. You need to expand it to one person. That's what he told me. You need to expand your view to one person. See, sometimes we think that we have the aerial view. We just need to get far enough back. We can see all that's going on, the devil's plans, all of the things that he's doing in this world. No, listen to me. Jesus said this. You need to, you need to enlarge your view to see the one in front of you. Because he leaves the herd to go after the one lost lamb. And this morning, that is the good news of the gospel, is that Jesus' aerial view, the farthest you can zoom out on the world, brings you to one person, the one that's in front of you this morning, the gospel that God has sent you to bring the good news to that one. The most zoomed out view that you can get of heaven is God looking at one person, at the individual at the beauty and the specialness of that person. Every, look at the gospel. Look at the stories in the gospel. This zoomed out view. <laughs> this is the aerial view of God is Jesus on the earth. Amen? It's a paradox. It, blow, it should blow your mind. It's blowing my mind. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me for making generalizations about large groups of people where I, need, I just need to love and show respect and honor. Now, there's a time to call out the truth. But when we do that, we proclaim truth, not the judgment of God against people. We judge with the right judgment because it's impossible. You could make a judgment if you know someone's heart. Absolutely. In fact, Paul does that in, in uh, 2 Corinthians he says, I, it, right after this chapter, chapter 4 of, of 2 Corinthians, he, right after that cha- chapter, first chapter, first Corinthians, he says, I want this one who had been doing this immorality, this sexual immorality, I am going to be with all of you in the spirit and I want you to hand him over to Satan for the judgment of the flesh. He says this right after he says, don't pronounce judgment. But why does he do that? Because he knows the heart of this person. It's been revealed. People know this, the heart of this guy is wrong and there is judgment that needs to be cut in. That needs to bring this man to repentance. That's the whole pur- purpose of it. But when we make judgments and we don't know the heart, then we stand in the wrong place. That's why Jesus said, it's better. Mercy triumphs over judgment. It's better. Mercy is a better way. Love is a better way. Love one another. 2 Corinthians 11. I wish you would bear with me in a little foolishness. 
For I feel a divine jealousy for you since I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. But I'm afraid that the serpent who deceived Eve by his cunning, that your thoughts will be led astray from the simplicity and the purity of devotion to Christ. For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one we worshipped, or if you receive a different spirit than from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. Listen, consider what spirit you are allowing in your life to produce fruit. Consider that. Because he said, Paul says this, For I fear that perhaps when I come to visit you, I may not find you as I wish, and that you may not find me as you wish, that there may be quarreling, jealousy, anger, hostility, slander, gossip, conceit, and disorder. Is that not how we are finding the world these days? Because that is the spirit of the world. And those things reflect those people who are living according to the spirit of this world. And it's not that we don't proclaim truth. We do proclaim truth. But listen, if this is what the spirit in you is producing, then you have allowed another spirit to cut in on you. Because the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let's listen to him. Or are we tempted to pronounce judgments before we should? Are you a peacemaker? Or have you become addicted to stirring up dissension and causing division? I'm asking myself. You ask yourself. Don't look at somebody else. Don't think of somebody else right now. Think of you. Think of you. Are you tempted to pronounce judgments before you should? Think about that. Are you a peacemaker? Are you seeking to bring unity and peace to the body of Christ? Or are you just trying to be right? Do you seek to understand someone else's perspective before you seek to assert and be understood? 2 Corinthians 13, verse 11. Finally, brothers, rejoice. It's a command. Have joy. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. And then he says this. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Isn't that beautiful? Our poor society that has perverted so many things. We can't even hardly read that. Greet one another with a holy kiss. The affection that we ought to have for one another. And all the saints, all the saints greet you. We need to have a heart of grace this morning. A heart that presents the good news of the gospel. A heart of grace and restoration, not accusation and not judgment. In this age, in this time period, the world is priding itself. Everyone prides themselves on the knowledge they have as they seek to pursue truth. But the problem is, I know that I'm right and you're wrong. And... (laughs) As we say that and we feel good about that and whatever dopamine rush we get because we love to be right. Knowledge puffs up. But love edifies. Love builds up. 
we can always see a person with the grace and truth that can only come by Jesus Christ and God. And we'll always come up short in our pursuit of the facts. When we try to gather all, these, all this information about things that, listen, there's a spirit that's cutting in on the church. Stop. Sometimes you need to turn off the bad news and you need to get back in here and read the good news. And you need to spend more time in the good news and refresh your spirit and refresh your soul because the gospel is good news. And church this morning, I bless you. You are blessed. You are loved and you do belong. And you do have a destiny that God has prepared for you. He's got plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. I read that last night at a beautiful wedding that I had the privilege of doing. Are you a peacemaker this morning? We must enlarge our view to see the one in front of us. And I challenge you today, come back to the simplicity that is in Christ. Come back to the simplicity of the good news of the gospel. You don't have to overcomplicate it. You tell people the truth. Jesus Christ came to save sinners. He came to save me. You share your testimony, the truth. And God will bring more people to him in this generation than every generation previous. I believe that if we come back to this as our foundation. All of the world's kingdoms will rise and fall, but there is one kingdom that cannot be shaken. It's the kingdom of God, and he lives in you. Let's pray. This morning, Lord, I pray that we would offer ourselves up to you and you alone, that we would be devoted and pure in our devotion to you, Lord. Let us not bring railing accusations against one another. Let us not hold one another in derision and judgment, but instead seek to build one another up, to encourage one another, especially as we see the day approaching. Lord, hold on to us. Lord, come and save. Lord, come and step into our world and move. We need a miracle. We need your miracle. Bring unity and peace to your church. And come, Lord, seek and save that which is lost. We bless you and we lift up you this morning. And we thank you for the great sacrifice that you poured out and the love that you demonstrated that you set a precedent for everyone who would follow after you, that we lay down our lives, that we take up our cross and we follow you. Let us follow you. Let us follow you. Let us follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a good week. We hope that you enjoyed this podcast and that it blessed you in some way. Don't forget to visit our website at cctri.org. And make sure that you send us your prayer requests at office at cctri.org. We pray that the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him.